No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Amos warns Jerusalem and Samaria about their ease in a time of evil. They have not grieved over the affliction of Israel, so a nation will come against them. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Amos chapter 6 on Simply the Bible. One of the most dangerous human conditions is to drift into complacency. When we are at ease and think everything is okay when it's not okay. This was the condition of the northern kingdom of Israel at Amos's day, but it was also the condition of the southern kingdom of Judah. These nations were in grave danger, but they didn't know it. They were presumptuous and proud, but Amos sought to rouse them out of their indifference. We continue in Amos chapter 6. Woe to you who are at ease in Zion and trust in Mount Samaria, notable persons in the chief nation to whom the house of Israel comes. Go over to Kalna and see, and from there go to Hamath the Great. Then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are you better than these kingdoms? Or is their territory greater than your territory? Now, the first sin for which Jerusalem and Samaria were guilty was presumption. They lived at ease, thinking that nothing could harm them. Now, Amos said, woe to you who are at ease in Zion. Now, to rest is not evil in itself. We need periods of rest and recuperation. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. But when people are at ease in the midst of wickedness and rebellion, when they don't concern themselves with what's going on around them, then there is a problem. Because sin is a reproach to any people, and it invites destruction. The people in Jerusalem were at ease because they had the temple, they had the heritage of David and Solomon, and wasn't this the city where God put his name? They didn't think that anything could happen to them, but in less than 200 years, they would go into Babylonian captivity, and their beautiful temple would be destroyed. And those who lived north in Mount Samaria were complacent because of the geographical and topographical location of their city. They thought it was impregnable by an invading army. But Kalna, Hamath, and Gath were all once considered great cities, and they were defeated. Kalna and Hamath were cities in northern Syria, and they had been overrun by Assyria in about 850 BC. Gath was the city in Philistia, which was devastated by King Haziel in 815 BC. So the fall of these cities was a warning to Jerusalem and Samaria. If these kingdoms with their greater territories couldn't stand, then what made Jerusalem and Samaria think that they could? Woe to you who put far off the day of doom, who cause the seed of violence to come near, who lie on beds of ivory, stretch out on your couches, eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idly to the sound of stringed instruments and invent for yourselves musical instruments like David. Now, the second sin that they were guilty of was procrastination. Amos said, you put far off the day of doom. In other words, you think 
it's not going to happen. And if it does, then it's a long time from now. And besides that, there's nothing we can do about it anyway. But in having that attitude, you actually cause the seed of violence to come near. You are going to bring the Assyrians down on you even sooner than you think. You lie on your beds of ivory. You eat lambs and calves. You sing idly to your beautiful songs. You even invent musical instruments like David, but not for the same reason that David did when he wanted to worship the Lord. You're just doing it to indulge yourself, to have a good time, to eat, drink, and be merry, and not concern yourself about anybody else or about what's going to happen in the future or even about the fact that you're disobeying God. And that was the problem. They were procrastinating, doing anything about what was going to happen, uh, lifting a finger to change themselves. They were putting it off. Like many people today will put off making a decision for Jesus Christ. They think they have plenty of time to do it. But the problem is you don't even know that you have tomorrow. And, and so uh, they were guilty of that as well. Who drink wine from bowls and anoint yourselves with the best ointments, but are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Therefore, they shall now go captive as the first of the captives, and those who recline at banquets shall be removed. Now, it wasn't enough for them just to drink wine from glasses, as they normally would. They were drinking them from bowls, just really getting into a drunken stupor. You anoint yourself with the best ointment. So they wanted to smell good um, with the most rich and expensive ointments. Um, But you're not grieved with the affliction of Joseph. Now, they should have looked around and saw where the nation was at and, and seen how far that they had turned away from the covenant of God, and yet they were not grieved. They were not grieved about the sins that people were committing. They were not grieved about their brothers in the wicked lives that they were choosing, the idolatrous worship that they were involved in. Um, And the thing is, is that we may not be able to do a whole lot about what other people choose to do or not do, but we can grieve, we can sigh, we can pray, And this is what happened with Ezekiel, where in Ezekiel chapter 9, God sent an angel and told him to go through the midst of the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within it. Uh, God takes note of when we grieve over the sins of others and the sins of our nation. And this is where God found fault through Amos. Uh, with both Jerusalem and Samaria, that they did not grieve over the afflictions of Joseph. Therefore, they would be among the first to be taken captive. The Lord God has sworn by himself, the Lord God of hosts, I abhor the pride of Jacob and hate his palaces. Therefore, I will deliver up the city and all that is in it. And so the third sin for which they were guilty was pride. I abhor the pride of Jacob. Throughout the Bible, we are told that God hates pride. He resists the proud. He opposes them. And those who exalt themselves shall be humbled. Those who humble themselves shall be exalted. But uh, God was against their pride, probably because this was the sin by which Satan fell. It is the sin that is at the root of all other sins. It is that sin that tells us that we don't have to pay any attention to God, but we can do whatever we want and ignore his commandments. Therefore, God said, I will deliver up the city. Then it shall come to pass that if 10 men remain in one house, 
they shall die. And when a relative of the dead with one who will burn the bodies picks up the bodies to take them out of the house, he will say to one inside the house, are there any more with you? Then someone will say none. And he will say, hold your tongue for we dare not mention the name of the Lord. For behold, the Lord gives a command. He will break the great house into bits and the little house into pieces. And so Amos is speaking here of a pestilence that would come and there would be 10 people who would die in one house because of the plague. And if a relative would come to bury them, now normally they would bury their bodies, but here they would burn them because of the plague, probably not wanting to spread it. And as he would come into the house to gather the bodies, if there was one still alive inside the house, he would say, are there any more with you? And they would say none. And then he would say, well, hold your tongue. We dare not mention the name of the Lord. In other words, we don't want God to hear us mention his name because then he might take our lives as well, is the idea. Because the Lord was going to give a command and, and break uh, every house uh, into pieces. Do horses run on rocks? Does one plow there with oxen? Yet you have turned justice into gall and the fruit of righteousness into wormwood. You who rejoice over Lodibar, who say, have we not taken Carnaim for ourselves by our own strength? So Amos is just saying, look, you know how to exercise common sense. You don't run horses on rocks because they'll slip and fall and break a leg. You don't plow with your oxen on the rocks. Uh, that's crazy. You go where there's dirt and <laughs> so you can plant. Uh, so you understand these things, but then you have turned justice into poison. You should have been doing justly. You should have been offering justice to the poor to get rid of the poison in the culture, but rather you have turned justice into poison and you're poisoning others with it. And then you rejoice over Lodabar. Now, I should say that under the reign of King Jeroboam II, who was the king of Israel at this time, they had enjoyed many military conquests, and this was part of the reason that they were complacent. They thought that uh, nobody could conquer them. And they were rejoicing over this city, Lodabar, which was on the east side of the Jordan, but it was a small city, and it, really the name means nothing. And, and so Amos is sort of giving a play on words. You're rejoicing over nothing. And then you say, we've taken... Carnaim, uh, the, the name of this city was Ashtaroth Carnaim, and it was a city in Gilead, east of the Sea of Galilee, and they were boasting and conquering that one as well, but it was another play on words because Carnaim means horns, a symbol of strength. So they had boasted that they conquered the city called Horns uh, by their own strength, but really it was all a false confidence, and it wasn't going to help them stand um, against the Lord in the day of judgment. But behold, I will raise up a nation against you, O house of Israel, says the Lord God of hosts. And they will afflict you from the entrance of Hamath to the valley of Arabah. And so this is from the northern part of Israel all the way to the southern part of Israel. There would be a, really both of the areas, Samaria as well as Judah, Samaria taken by the Assyrians, Judah taken by uh, the Babylonians, uh, as I said earlier, about 200 years later. But they would both come under God's judgment. Why? Because of their complacency. They were presumptuous. They were procrastinating the inevitable. Uh, and they were proud. And as I look 
at us today. I, I think our nation, we have great military strength. We have wealth. We consider ourselves to be the greatest nation uh, in, in many ways. Uh, and yet, have we become presumptuous? Have we become complacent? Have we been lulled into sleep? Have we drifted away from the morality, the truth, the righteousness that our nation was founded on? I would have to say yes. And that is the big problem because if we're not aware of that uh, or we think that we have more time and we don't need to take action today, if in fact we don't even know the Lord, we've never yet made a decision to follow Christ to make him our savior and we're thinking that we have lots of time to do that, that is a very, very dangerous condition to be in because, as I said, we don't even know that we have tomorrow. And the longer we put these things off, the easier it is to never do anything about it. What can we do about it? We can begin by first being aware of the conditions around us. We can sigh. We can pray. We can seek to do what we can to bring others to Christ. We can be involved rather than just kicking back and thinking like, nothing's going to matter, we can take action ourselves. And as I see where we are at today, my desire is I want to uh, make the last part of my life more fruitful than the first part of my life and do all that I can to wake people up to the realization that Jesus is coming soon and we'd all better be ready. You've been listening to Simply the Bible the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we're building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give toward this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash building project. That's calvarytv.org slash building project. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord gives Amos three visions to show him what was coming upon Israel. Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, commands Amos not to preach in Israel anymore. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Amos on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.